Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. We're almost through the second month of this year, but that doesn't mean that you should forget about those New Year's resolutions, your new goals, especially your skincare goals. Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results. And your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. I've been using this stuff. Look at me. Look at my face, Pace Case. You're glowing. How young do I look? Tell me. Tell me the number. That's a Pace Case glow. You look like a little baby. Thank you. That's the look I'm going for. And uh, I put the stuff on at night. <laughs> Dimes eye cream, and then they have a, a dewy day cream that I also use, and this is the result. I I've literally never used a moisturizer before. Mm-hmm. I've always had oily skin, but now it's getting to that time, and I made one of my New Year's resolutions to be to do my skincare routine, and I'm using the dewy day cream in the morning. I keep it on the left, using the restorative night cream. I keep it on the right. It's Bam, bam, boom. I know which one to use. And now my face is moisturized all the time. And it's so nice. You look like a baby as well. Thank you. I was waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) A little slow. (laughs) But uh, this takes the guesswork out of the routine. So uh, this is part of the work system, the two moisturizers. There's also a sold out retinol alternative, the TBT cream. Uh, I can't wait to try that one as well. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the Game, Game of, of Roses. Roses. I feel like I'm going to be like Will Smith right now and like, I can't really this out. Like, they were like, I'm annoyed. Like, what the annoyed. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and this version of Bachelor Clues is... It's one that hasn't existed for a while. It's one that's been lying dormant. It's a dormant clues. But I'm coming out of hibernation. You see... <laughs> a dormant clues. <laughs> like a gremlin. Yes. I feel like I went dormant in uh, 2020 with Bachelorette <laughs> Season 16. And I am now emerging, um, as you say, like a gremlin from my dormancy. You're, you're finally awake. Yes. Because uh, this season, simply put, 
We're three episodes in, and it is a classic season. This is pure gameplay. There is no real producer machination. There's nothing that makes you roll your eyes and say, why are they fucking doing this? You're getting pure gameplay. Everything you're seeing in the show is what players are doing to one another to try and sabotage each other or get one up on. It's beautiful to watch because when left to just certainly play and that's all they can do, that's all we're watching, you see performances like you saw tonight from Braden Bowers, who is an all-star to be sure. He is the most captivating player of the season. He is a rookie for the San Diego crew. So if you're not repping the San Diego crew, I think I got to get a San Diego crew shirt simply for this season because uh, he is the Michael Jordan of it. I bought a San Diego crew simply for the logo. I'm going to buy it simply to support Braden Bowers. I love it. I couldn't believe what he did tonight. We are going to get into all of it, of course. I mean, there's groundbreaking shit happening tonight. This episode was my favorite episode of the season. My favorite Bachelor franchise episode I've seen in a while. There was so much. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yes, I totally agree. I completely agree. And I know there are people out there in this world that we live in who have sworn off The Bachelor. I'm never going to watch it again with potentially good reason since 2020. Very understandable. <laughs> any any season since Bachelorette season 16 could have been the one that knocked you out from watching this. If you have friends out there who are not watching, get them to come back to this season. This, I mean, so far this season is fucking great. I absolutely love it. It just doesn't feel like I'm the sorry. producers are trying to strangle it, you know? I They're letting it be free like it used to be. Here's the thing. I'm like, it's making me paranoid. <laughs> I'm like, we're not seeing overt producer stuff. So I'm like, I'm honestly like all of these tattles. I think that they're in exchange for sand. Possible. And that's fine. That's fine. That is totally possible. But still, the way they're presenting the game is a more classic presentation. The thing that I think was in really the golden era of it, you know? Totally. And uh, you've got some... The villain play is like... It's more subtle in certain ways. We're gonna get into all of it, of course, but um, I I don't want to I don't want to say too much. In some ways, more bombastic. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> but you don't have like a Chad Johnson like getting into fist fights and eating raw meat and all this kind of crazy shit. Or maybe we'll have that later. I don't know. But uh, you have other things that it was just beautiful to watch tonight. That's all I'll say. I love this fucking season so far. And yeah, the Tamsig heard around the world. I mean, we saw tonight what I believe is the most important Tam Sig ever delivered. In the, <laughs> literally, in the fucking history of the whole goddamn game. There's not been a more important Tam Sig. I agree with you. It's never signified what it signified tonight. That is correct. And we will be getting to all of that. Um, but like we said, we have all of our teams, or not all the teams, we have about half the teams currently available on GameOfRoses.co if you want to get a shirt or a hat to support your local or simply your favorite parasocial team. We currently have the San Diego Crew, the LA Icons, New York City Influence, Chicago Clout, and who's the other one? I always forget. Which ones did you say? We got New York City, we got <laughs> New York City Influence, <laughs> Chicago Clout, LA Icons, San Diego Crew, Nashville Sliders. I always forget one. And Nashville Sliders. You no, know, you forgot the crew last time. Yeah. I always forget one. So you're mixing it up. Pick them up. And very soon, we will have the remainder of our teams. We're going to be oh. premiering those uh, shortly. That's the Dallas Source, the Canadian North, Las Vegas scene, Denver High. Yeah, we're getting a lot of 
it's demand for the source. The source is showing up in the comments. Indeed. Speaking of Denver High, we had a uh, throwback in tonight's game, which we will get to, to a date that a member of the Denver High went on in season 23. We will talk about that as we get into it. But are you ready, Pace Case? You ready to break this thing down? Um, Wait, before, right before that, can you believe that we went and had a catch on Petco Field just before this episode aired? Oh, we did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I remember, yeah. Uh, I, at least I think it, it seemed, it looked like the same exact shape as that field. Right. It was not, I hate to break this to you, it was not Petco Field. <laughs> that was Pan Pacific Park, a recreational center here in Los Angeles across the street from a mall called The Grove. You might have heard of it. But I have been to Petco Park many times to watch baseball games. Really? Yeah, it's a great park. You saw that fryer? I saw the swinging fryer. I've seen him a couple times. Yeah. You're like, I've seen that park only from the friars. POV. I am the friar. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the friar, but we will get to the friar. Certainly the friar was present tonight. Let's dig into this. Are you ready? Pace case. Yes. Let's go. And now pace case and bachelor clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We begin. This is episode three, week two. The intro says tonight on The Bachelorette, girls want to have fun. There's a roller coaster, a helicopter, a kiss cam, Braden and baseball, Barbie crossover date. God, that Barbie date. Braden invokes Will Smith. Uh, Charity will do what has not been done, she says, and she's going to rip a rose off a chest. So there's a lot of drama already in the uh, intro here. Portion one begins. It's morning in the mansion. Uh, we have this forced guy chat where Braden says it feels like a new beginning. Caleb B gets a colorful narrator here. He's, he explains that it's week three, fresh start, 14 men left. Doton ITMs hope to move forward and get beyond the Braden drama. He explains the longest kiss date, and we get this recap footage from last week showing all the drama of Braden saying that he's doubting Charity's character because she went on this uh, longest kiss date with 20 other guys. They're giving him a villain at it like right up top here, and they're also letting you know he's going to be the focus of the entire episode, which indeed he is. Aaron S. then has a guy chat calling Braden toxic. Sean gets an ITM about Braden being a, a distraction. I focused on some other things. What's that? Not just Brayden. No, but I mean, he was the star of the show, hands down. I mean, it, it opens with them literally. He definitely would be in the log line. They're playing fucking recap footage from his last game in this game. They like they're they're working as hard as they can to get more footage of Brayden into the fucking show that isn't even from this week. Beautiful uh, on on his part, I believe. And then we don't see DLP come into the mansion. We see Charity come into the mansion. Joey gets this 4TRR ITM saying it's always nice to see Charity. Uh, they're really boosting him up to be a kind of puppy dog 4TRR player. Sorry. In my opinion, Brandon Jones did it way better. I'm just saying. They're tardicking him. Um, uh, then we see Charity coming in. She apologizes for ending the barbecue early, but she feels that her husband is in the room and she wants to be intentional. She made a big decision. She can't do this anymore. And all the guys are like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore here in LA. And the guys all start screaming. I thought this was a good mislead because DLP always does it. Yeah, but it's it's never a good mislead because you always know, okay, well, week three, they're going somewhere and you better fucking be excited about it. And so um, she tells them... It was slightly different, so... Yeah. <laughs> 
I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> the bar is so low. Have the bachelorette lie to us instead of DLP. <laughs> she she comes in and she tells them they have 30 minutes to get ready. They're leaving for exciting Oceanside, California. This is pretty funny. I mean, absolutely insane. And she says one special per one special person is going to come with her in a helicopter, and that person is Braden. So he gets this uh, impromptu one on one here. Back in my day, they'd go on a, a helicopter date to San Diego and be back in L.A. Yes, exactly. This is it's hard to tell. And then they'd go to Vegas and then they'd go to somewhere out of the country. Ain't no money in TV like that no more. Sorry. But, uh, you know, we have even in recent seasons seen their domestic travel be a little further than 45 minutes down the road uh, from Los Angeles. Nonetheless, they we get this one on one date with. Um, they, I love Cleveland the shit out of it, though, in an amazing, amazing way. Oh, yeah. Later when they actually get there, it's fucking yeah. no holds barred. I love Clevelanding, the likes of which we have not seen in some time. But we get this one-on-one date with Brayden. They leave in the red Mustang, same one we saw her in with Aaron. And the guys at the house then are packing, and they're all kind of agreeing, eh, it's about a 50-50 that Brayden comes back from this date at all. Then we get on the one-on-one date. They're driving around the Hollywood Hills again. Exact recreation, basically, of the first one-on-one date with Aaron. And on the car ride, Brayden plays a, a minor PTC, Fear of Roller Coasters. That's what I do in Mansion Free Play Antics. I would make betting things for outcomes yeah of what's going to happen on the date it's a good idea especially because they're going to want to have they always have footage of the second audience talking about whoever's on the date and how they think it's going and if you can do something that's like an outcome style thing i think it's likely to get used but uh on the date charity itms that she's concerned about Braden saying he was about to leave but she gave him the benefit of the doubt with the rose and she doesn't want to ignore the possible red flags. They need this time together to have the important conversation. So she's kind of laying out what this one-on-one is going to be about. It's going to be asking him, what the fuck did he mean? I'm, I almost left. Like, are you ready for this shit or not? And so then they arrive at a helicopter. And she brings up the make me stay a lot in person and in her ITMs. They perform a get to the chopter. The ADR is out of control on this date. First, it starts with Brayden being like, I probably made some guys jealous, but I don't care. And but I don't care is off face. We see Charity say, you know, with past relationships, I ignored red flags and that made me feel foolish. They make out in the chopper. She says, I don't know if I'm ready or willing to fight for me. This is a test. We get the sweeping romantic music. They do a cheers in the chopper. And she love level loads love level one for Brayden. They fly over the mansion and sweeten them in its shadow. And Brayden says, oh, that's so dirty. They have to watch. That's so cruel. I love it. I'm turning into an evil person. He's turning into a producer. I mean, he is implying in this. All of the guys have come out. They're packing their shit into a van or into a bus in front of the mansion. This is forced, of course, by the producers so that the timing is correct. It's called a peeping Tom. And Brayden recognizes that's so dirty. That's so cruel. There's an implied uh, person behind the dirtiness and the cruelty. Right. That's not charity. <laughs> Something can't be cruel without intention. So whose intention was it? It was the producers. He's very thinly veiled here. He's saying basically like, the producers are so dirty. The producers are so cruel. 
just because he's put it in passive here, it's able to be cut into the thing. I thought this was a brilliant bit of speech play because the producers <laughs> use it too. They use it. He's basically giving the producers props. I was shocked it was used. I wasn't because the producers are like, game recognized game. This to them is a compliment. And they're like, this motherfucker complimented us and he did it in a way that we can put it in the show. He didn't say producers. He's not using our names. It's 10 dimensional chess wordplay. I'm not saying it's 10 dimensional chess. I don't know if it was purposeful or not. I just think Braden is, he's so good at every part of the game. He's just a little like, uh, he's a little out of control. If he could just <laughs> rein it in, if he could just laser focus. He's a little <laughs> something. But his natural abilities are fucking off the charts. That's all I'm going to say about that until we get to something else. Portion two begins. Back on the one-on-one. <laughs> they're flying around. They're going over the ocean. And they look down into the crystal blue West Coast waters. And they see a pod of dolphins swimming and flipping out of the water giving a show to the greatest player of this season in charity. And these dolphins were my... <laughs> creature of the week. These majestic dolphins that only an ordained player who got to get to the chopper date could even see or come upon, but actually fill the waters next to California. We're also my... <laughs> Creature of the week. <laughs> Seeing dolphins is just magical, always. Absolutely. Uh, they're the closest to human beings of any marine creature in terms of intelligence. Clearly, they're Bachelor fans. Back in Los Angeles, the rest of the guys are stuck on this bus in LA traffic. We cut to Xavier knitting a fucking scarf, which we will come to find out later is for charity. The man is sitting on a bus knitting. Um, brilliant play here. This is always be doing something type play. Yeah. Have a little affectation. Have something that no one else is doing. Later, he then shows you why he's doing it. Absolutely brilliant. I was blown away by this play. The scarf play this season on neck, on needle is amazing. I love it. And I was in the knitting club in high school and I used to knit during class. Wow. <laughs> you were doing the knitting play way before Xavier. Yeah, it was very experimental even at the time. Face <laughs> 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 case has been doing experimental plays since high school. John then gets an unnecessary ITM <laughs> New Instagram bio. <laughs> about being stuck in traffic for too long. It's literally just him direct addressing a camera. Well, oh, can't believe we're stuck in this traffic. Hope we can get out here to have some fun later. Why this is cut in? There's no reason other than one. He's your next bachelor. They're using all footage of John B. Any footage they got of that man, they're going to put it on the TV show for you. Caleb B. is then sleeping with his head against the window, and he's wearing his trademark cowboy hat over his face, as cowboys do when they sleep. And then Tanner, <laughs> sitting behind him, reaches over the seat and plucks the cowboy hat from Caleb B.'s sleeping head. Uh, Caleb B. wakes up with a scowl, and this pre-planned hat play that led to the cowboy awakening scowl was my... 
face play of the game. This was a pre-planned fucking face play. Him and Tanner definitely came up with this thing. Dude, let's do a bit. I'll pretend to be asleep with the cowboy hat on my face. You fucking take it off. He had, he planned this. A face play planned on that bus. This episode solidified for me that every single player is a reader. Yes. 100%. 100 fucking percent. One person was not. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but yes, I felt the exact same 100%. way. 100%. One person was not. <laughs> well, there's one person. But I was like, there's a fucking yeah. man knitting on this fucking bus. There's these two guys playing cowboy, cowboy hat games, fucking scowl faces and shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy says, holy shiitake mushrooms. Guys, yeah, this is only stuff that happens in the movies. And we see that Brayden is getting what I think is kind of the male equivalent of the pretty woman date. The big football sports like yeah. date where they get some huge thing rented out. I feel like they spend a big budget on this. Of course. I remember that Michelle Young was in that baseball stadium. You it's just the... like such an Americana. I don't know if they do spend money on it. Date. I don't know if they do. Because you know, like all the sports, Major League Baseball included. Because it's a Petco ad. A Petco ad, or I don't know what Major League Baseball's deal is with ABC, but like every network makes deals with the sports leagues to broadcast X amount of their games in X markets, depending on who the mm -hmm. teams are and whatever. It may be part of their package. Oh. ABC's deal with the Padres that's just like, or with Major League Baseball that's like, you know, you're going to have to do this. One of your teams is going to have to host the Bachelor Bachelorette, period. That's in our deal, you know, for one <laughs> for one day during the offseason or something. Right. I don't know. Interesting. Well, I think all of the dates should be sponsored because all of these were sponsored dates and they were incredible. Yeah. I agree. It's it's stunning when you see that. Like that image of just two people in the middle of a giant yeah. fucking baseball stadium is, is always magical. And it is so fucking Americana. It's better than like when they do group dates, I think, in like an NFL stadium, like the Ultimate Viking Date. Now, look, I'm not saying anything bad about that date. It obviously gave us some <laughs> historic moments. But it's not as impressive as something like this, where it's two people on the field by themselves, this magical moment. And so they are giving him a, a very... It's a prestige date for sure, at the very least. But um, they fly into Petco Park, and they're landing. They walk out onto the field. They have it all to themselves. And then from the rafters, <laughs> a mission bell rings. The San Diego Padres mascot, the Swinging Friar, is ringing the bell. This is a ting on steroids to signify that this one-on-one -on -one date has officially begun and the Swinging Friar was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week this swinging friar who has a catch with charity and braided and calls out braden later when he performs violence on the bachelorette was also my 
Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. This was so for TRR. Yeah. He was full of spirit. Um, Really the star. And I, I agree. That's all you need in the stadium. The Jumbotron can say the rest of it. I agree 100%. Swing and Friar did his job perfectly. Thank you for your service. We then see uh, Braden and Charity just kind of doing a bunch of baseball stuff. And Braden <laughs> plays a broken nose PTC while playing catch with his dad as a child. Braden then hits Charity in the face with the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally, of course. It was a funny kind of cute moment. Uh, Harken back to some of my own experiences as a young man playing baseball. Yeah, like at um, when we went to Petco. Yeah, when you and I went to Petco Park. They run around. They play some of the, some more of these baseball games. Did you see Charity does a fucking back handspring? Charity does a fucking back handspring in this stadium, and we are just hearing about it tonight. And I couldn't believe it. And I'm sorry. This was my. Play, 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 play of the game. Wow. Okay. I couldn't believe this. Our bachelorette yeah. can do a back handspring and we haven't seen it. Yeah. Why wouldn't we have seen this? That's what I'm saying. Like, this this season is putting this shit in. You know what I mean? Of course you should have seen this in Zach Shawcross's season. We should have seen this. Yes, I should have seen this in Shawcross's season. I should have seen this in the promos. Like, why is she not handspringing all over the place? But it just fills out. You're like, oh, yeah, she said she was a collegiate cheerleader. Yeah, she's actually good at cheerleading. Like a competitive fucking cheerleader. And it's like, that's a huge part of her persona. Or maybe not a huge part, but it's an interesting part, a fun part. And finally, we get to see it. I was yeah. like, it ain't too little too late on me, though. We didn't see Gabby Wendy do a backhand spring. That's true. Not that I'm comparing. But nonetheless, she does this. I, my mind was blown. And then she says, they get a little kiss here. And she's like, I like that we can be stupid and fun together. Braden hits and quotes a home run. That ain't a home run. They're <laughs> standing in the fucking outfield. Oh, you're going to be the baseball cop now? <laughs> yep. If they're trying to get you to believe that this man hit a home run, a legitimate home run, in a major league baseball stadium. No. Off soft toss. No. There's no fucking way that man can do that. There's no way. I don't know. I saw the field. It was pretty small. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> he gets home run on the Jumbotron. They kiss. Meanwhile, the other guys... Home run! <laughs> meanwhile, the other guys show up at the fucking hotel. This fucking I love Clevelanding was transcendental. Triumphant, you might say. I felt I I felt like I transcended. It was unreal. This. It was like they get the joke and they're down for it. They all are. And they're going a thousand percent. Yeah, just sprinting into the bedroom, fucking ten guys at a time, jumping into a tiny bed. It was so fucking crazy. A sausage scramble, someone calls it when they're in the tub. <laughs> we, <laughs> Sean makes a up this oceanside. What happens in Oceanside stays in Oceanside. Yes. Caleb calls it simple, but very elegant. I love this. The perfect, beautiful beach vibe. Everyone's a reader. I, what is coming through this season 
that the other seasons haven't had since Claire Crawley, I believe, uh, since that season started. So really since Pilot Pete. And even Pilot Pete started to have not so much of this. The players are fucking enjoying themselves. They are having fun playing the goddamn game. And that's how it's presented. And they're having fun doing it because I think the producers aren't ramming all this crazy shit in and like, well, now you got to do this. Now we're splitting you up into two groups. Now you got to choose this. You better not fucking do this. Don't say the word Instagram. You know, it feels like they are freer this season. I don't know. I can't do backflips in the pool. Maybe we'll hear about this. He was sausage scrambling in, in the tub. <laughs> but they were doing backflips in the pool. You know what I mean? Like two seasons ago, you think some guys would have done backflips in the pool? Or would they have been like, fuck, what are the producers going to use to make out of this? It just seems like these guys are, are better players. I don't know. Uh, or less scared, you know? Oh, they're all amazing players. This ca- I mean, I'm just loving this season. I don't know if it, this is some sort of... Uh... <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome situation happening. They scream charity off the balcony. We love to see it. We get back to the one-on-one date. They're having champagne. They're making out. He, oh, I was about to say he loves charity la- charity's laugh. I do. Pace case. Great laugh. Braden love level ones. I'm crushing on you. But, you know, I do have this doubt can I keep doing this I fear I might hurt her charity says I'm a fighter and I fight for something I care and want and it's scary if there's a connection and they're not needing me and charity seems to be having these doubts why are we here I don't want to be with someone I'm not a priority I need to figure out if he's capable of being more or he goes home so we're going to see this in the night portion and this is kind of this is kind of some of the wildness that I'm talking about in his play style uh, some of the like out of control elements of it. There's no need to tell her this here. Uh, this was an error, in my opinion, when he said, mm. you know, I don't, I just don't know if I can do this. You mean a second, you don't recommend to make me stay w- every week? <laughs> no, you can use it pretty much once in the playoffs, I think is where it's best used. You've already built a connection. It's uh, using it here as like, it's starting to give her red flags. It's starting to be a bad first audience game. His second audience game is interesting, and we will get into that, I guess. There's a play later where where I want to discuss it, but I just thought this was an error, and it's like, if he could just shave off some of these things, perfect season, you know? Anyway. I literally, every time I see him on screen, I feel happy because I feel like you are happy. I am. <laughs> I'm like... I. I can't wait to see what Clues has to say about this. Watching Braden Bowers play is a fucking joy. Look, I'm I'm just gonna say this is you know they always say in other sports like oh this is a once in a lifetime or once generation talent. They say a once in a generation talent a lot. LeBron, Jordan, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, Bachelor hasn't been around long enough to really be able to say that, but I think he is like. He is playing in a way that like has it synthesizes a bunch of other different styles of play and the tone of it is so fucking carefree. Like he really is a at least conveying it a 4TRR player. All of his emotions about everything and he's just being honest and like we'll get to it later but like what he's doing to almost he's both praising and uh insulting the process simultaneously mm-hmm. and it fucking works. I've not seen something like this. 
I do think this is a historic play that he's doing here, a, a play style that he's doing. You think that it's working on charity? I don't know if it matters, honestly. Like, is it? Here's who you have to ask yourself when you're doing a play style like this. Who is it really working on? Right, because producers will just be like, "Please keep him." And all he needs to do is make it to hometowns or something, or or fantasy suites. They're like, "We'll cliffhang every episode with whether or not he'll finally go home." Hey, why not? I like it. I don't know how like into it the producers get with the the leads in fantasy suites, but like by the time it's fantasy suites, most leads know who their ring winner is going to be, and they're just like arranging deck chairs. They're just like acting basically for the the rest of the season. The producers could very easily, I think, tell her to do that with him if she gets to a point where she knows like it's not going to be this guy. I think they could convince her to like be like, well, just keep around with fantasy suites, and you know that'll be that. You we need that for the show. You kind of have to follow the format, and maybe she would. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to his play style later. Portion three we'll see. begins. <laughs> I'm terrified of him going home. I'm terrified for, for you. <laughs> As am I. Although there's so much other shit. I was, I was surprised I got rid of Aaron S. tonight. He looked, in my opinion, like ready to go into a fucking rivalry with Sean immediately. And they got rid of him. He was trying. Yeah. He was stoking it. He really was. But he had a, he had a lot of potential rivalries yeah. this season. So you got to step up. Um. But then portion three is this uh, group date um, and everybody we we hear who's on it. Joey Aaron B. Michael James, Caleb Aaron S. Sean, Xavier Tanner, Adrian Dutton, John. So Warwick gets the one on one. And then we have a bunch of guys saying like they don't get it. Uh, I don't understand why she would pick this person. I don't get her 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 choices, basically, even though the producers made these choices back on that one on one night portion. They're getting their money's worth out of the field. They're still at the field, <laughs> even though it's night portion now. Usually that takes place in two separate <laughs> locations. This is all going to be in the baseball field. Right. I'm like, did they change right outside the baseball field? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably like in the men and women's bathrooms or something. Um, charity ITMs here. <laughs> yeah. Friars just like, just go change over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they changed in the Friars changing station. Uh, charity ITMs not knowing if she's someone that he wants and she feels like she's slipping back in old patterns. Not good, but she won't ignore the red flags anymore. So they meet up on a little table by the warning track and he tells her that he's been feeling out of whack, but it's a super fun day and she brings up the barbecue conversation and his honesty about wanting to leave the show, making her nervous. And he says, but I didn't leave and I'm not going to lie to you. So he's both of these are four TRR things. I stayed here for you, even though you know this is hard for me. And I'm not going to lie to you about it. I will always be honest. And he says, it's scary that she's dating other people. He had a relationship where he was cheated on, PTC, beautifully played. And he doesn't want to experience that again. So he's he's laying this foundation under the thing she's questioning. Like, I have a very good reason for it. You You must be able to sympathize. And he said he's forcing himself to be okay with that same trauma every day. He doesn't know if he can handle it. It's like, come at me, bro. He's put up a fucking defense here that is unassailable, in my opinion. If she says anything bad about him after this, that's on her. I don't know. Maybe if you have a polyamory PTC, don't do polyamory. That's what the show is. Madison Pruitt was not going to have sex with anybody, and she waited until Fantasy Suites to reveal that. That's a fucking superstar player. Everybody knows what mm -hmm. the show is. It's a matter of when you start to reveal your objections to the process. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, and you can do it later in the season. Like Madison Pruitt did it literally on the fucking... She secured a fantasy suite rose 
after the hometowns and then took him immediately outside the fucking rose ceremony and set him down and, and gave the fucking ultimatum. Iconic. I mean, that's a fucking fantastic play. I'm saying he's too wild. He's got these fucking things loaded. He's got good BTCs and he uses them well when he has to. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's playing it too early. Well, as a defense. Yeah. Like this is a late, late season play, but he's fucking using it and he's he is doing it well, I think. At any rate. Yeah. He ITMs about this being in love and being cheated on. And he said he, he's a fun party guy and it's depressing to have to deal with these things from his past. He doesn't want to give her the expectation that he can do this if he can't. She point blank then asks him if he thinks he can maintain doing this. And he says he's going to try his hardest because she's a good girl. He doesn't want to lose her. He wants to be there for her, try for her. And he really likes her love level one. He pulls out a fucking baseball and he writes a little note to her. I didn't fucking get it all down. I don't know if, if that's minutia alarm or if you did and want to say it, but... Uh, well, he says it to her. I'm, uh, you're worth, or he says it later, maybe. He says you're worth it. Yeah, it was basically like a you're worth trying for. Let's take it day by day. You're worth, you're worth trying for. You're worth trying for. Uh, then they kiss and Charity items. That's exactly what she needed to hear. All she's asking for is effort. She will hold him to his word, trying, and he gets the kiss. She gives him the rose. This is a one-on-one um, rose which he secured after the fucking bachelorette is basically issuing a 4TWR attack. How many times you see a player turn something like that around? Almost never. Not often. And I think that that's like, we we haven't seen a, we haven't seen a villain with this go to first audience game in a while. Exactly. Courtney Robertson comes to mind. I'm telling you, he's synthesizing some Robertson style here. Courtney Robertson is always coming to my mind. Same. Uh, but I'm just saying he he's he's taking <laughs> some of that. He is using yeah. a little bit of it. Oh, he is he did Courtney Robertson style play once he has the rose. Yeah. When he's like smelling it and people are gonna <laughs> But it's a little less sinister. Like I know she was in a different era when Charlie Sheen was like popular going winning and she would like repeat his lines and stuff, uh-huh. but like her smelling the rose, Courtney Robertson was like her fourth audience game was pure villain. Braden's isn't quite Mm -hmm. like his fourth audience game is a little more for TRR. No, his fourth audience is for TRR. But I think the four like this villain edit is going to make the fourth audience hate him. I don't know. I don't think so. I look, we're going to get to it. I think he kind of bought it back. We're going to get to it. So he wins the one on one rows and they kiss. There's fireworks on the Jumbotron portion four. We're in Oceanside, California. The group date guys are all walking down the street. And Sean gets an ITM about being excited, embracing the situation. They meet her. She's all in pink. She takes him inside this room, pink everywhere, pink flamingos, charity ITMs that she had all the Barbies. And today she is Barbie. She's looking for her Ken. They walk in. The fucking room is inhabited by Joe, 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 and a row, 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 bro, bro, bro. Uh, they are hosting a show on TBS, I think right now called the big D that is like a dating competition show with divorced couples. So they're getting in their time here, but they never mention it. Did they, was it in commercials? Maybe. Uh, I don't think they mentioned the show. No, but I wonder if they did and they just didn't include it. That could be charity <laughs> ITM's fangirling over Jojo. Sorry. What does that mean? She's a superstar player that you emulate. It means that JoJo is her hero player, or at least one of them. It means that Charity is a student of the game. 
It means that she understands the legacy of this and she has watched play styles of other superstars. And that, I believe, is partially why she is delivering one of the best seasons we have seen in recent history. She understands why JoJo is fucking good, why she was a great bachelorette. She's able to also synthesize these lead plays. I, I just was blown away by Charity tonight as well in terms of her lead performance. I've been blown away by Charity all season. I agree. She is incredible. Yeah. And she is literally a Barbie. And we see this beautiful Council of Crowns. We also get a celeb guest, a virtual celeb guest, Simu Lu, sending a message about Barbie movie and... Put it all out there because charity's worth it. Interesting to see he was a big fan of The Bachelor, Simu Lu. Well, I remember he advocated for someone to be The Bachelor. Yes. Last Bachelorette season. Yes. I remember that too. So he's been in the nation for a minute. Yeah. Did you see Amber Bros shirt here, by the way? I did not. It was very interesting um fabric like a liquidy silver situation damn how'd i miss that loved it i'll rewatch i don't know rewatch uh and they say you're gonna race to look like the perfect ken for this date and there's all of these ken outfits those are gonna be their personas for this group date i just gotta say like this is maybe the best group date we've had yeah in recent memory well, they did some interesting things with it. This is very similar to a group date. I forget what season this was, but the guys met Wayne Newton and they all had to rewrite Donka Shane to the whoever they were singing to. I was trying to remember that date too during this. Yeah. So here though, it's a more not contemporary song, but maybe in terms of like JoJo's more contemporary. Yeah, JoJo's more contemporary. Uh Cindy Lauper's a little more contemporary than Wayne Newton, I suppose. But they're going to sing their songs to girls just want to have fun. And yeah, they get all these personas. Now, interestingly, and this is again, like I'm saying, it feels like the producers are letting them have more fun, not trying to strangle them, not trying to torture them. Usually on a date like this, one or two of these guys would have to be naked. Instead, mm -hmm. they take John and they give him the nude Ken costume, but it's like a full body stocking thing. There's no nudity from any of them other than one voluntary nudity play that we'll get to. Um, usually they pick somebody out here and give them a shitty costume, whether it's fully nude mm -hmm. or dumb or whatever. It's a way to force a fool edit. They all got kind of like playful fool costumes. Nobody got like the great costume. What do you mean? Adrian is in a tuxedo. Oh yeah, I guess he did. Maybe you're right. But I just felt like they didn't fool anybody up. I feel like they, they fooled John. Yeah, maybe a little. They all were kind of fool. I don't know. It just felt less mm. um, like sinister to me this date than than a date like this has in recent seasons. Well, letting them actually race to pick out their outfits, I feel like would be. It, I don't feel like the race actually corresponded with what they wore. Maybe this is too conspiracy town. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's go. Okay. Conspiracy town population two. We're going there. Pack your bags. We're going to. <laughs> Conspiracy Town. Population. Me. Of course they fucking... It was, it was scattered. It was meant to look like chaos. Oh shit, I'm gonna get all these pieces for my fucking thing. No, 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 no. But then they're just like, you're the cowboy, you're the thing. Yeah. Of course. 
Okay. I don't even think that's a conspiracy. <laughs> I thought about going back and watching the footage to be like, which ones were they going for? And then I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I did. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I rewatched it. I just did one <laughs> rewind through. And they were grabbing all kinds of crazy shit off the walls. Like, certainly things that were not in their final costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, we then get a montage of the, the guys doing... The various one step minutia more minutia than me. I mean, look, if we're both willing to go there, we're both willing to fucking go there. We get this montage of all the Kens working on their songs, and we see some of uh, the identities that they got. Michael's gonna be bad boy Ken, Caleb's cowboy Ken, of course, Jesus Christ, John's birthday suit Ken, Tanner's ice skater Ken, Xavier's sugar daddy's Ken. I don't know what that one was, uh, but that was on the the screen. Adrian is a classic Ken. I never had that Barbie. Sean is double denim Ken <laughs> and Doton is astronaut Ken. And he, he says in an ITM that he has a horrific singing voice. We cut to now. It's not just that they're going to be singing these songs for, uh, for charity, a Robro and Jojo Jojo. Jo. We cut to a giant fucking crowd of people chanting charity. <laughs> There's a fucking band on a stage for a live public performance. They bury that announcement. Yes, this had me going back to fucking season 18 Juan Pablo Galavis having the uh, mm-hmm. the weird um, outfit that he was in with that big, like, god damn. You know what this is? Yeah. It's Barbie money. Yeah, for sure. For sure. This is what I'm saying. Sponsor all the dates. Get some big budget dates out here. For it. real, I I wouldn't mind it if every date was sponsored by something—a movie, a TV show, a yeah, country. Might as well. Why not? I don't, I'm doing. I'm thinking of all ideas to save the show. Yeah. Like <laughs> but we then see JoJo and Aerobro um, explain that this is a play for time. The winner's going to get extra time with charity after the show, and obviously because this is subjective, the producers will be selecting that winner. Uh, so portion five begins back on the group date. The guys are doing their performances. We see Doton is up first as astronaut Ken. He brings Charity up on stage with him. I thought that was a great play. And Charity ITMs how funny he is. And that he made her have a great time. And we get a montage of all these. It was the best performance. Well, I mean, we didn't even get to see any of the other ones. We just got a quick montage of like Adrian fucking up and having to do freestyle rap. Everybody's laughing, having fun. Yeah, one line. Yeah. Um, and then Caleb has a crazy voice we see. He's like doing the fucking most and getting none of these MVPs. He really is the best singer, like by far. He was the best dodgeball player. I love watching the frustration. He thinks these are real contests. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Exactly. He's really spiraling. <laughs> like that type of shit to me is for some reason, that's like part of the game in my head. It's not the same as like uh in Pub Pete season taking him and Victoria um Fuller to the Chase Rice thing where they're just like, fuck you. Oh my God. Fuck you. This is something different, you know? I thought that I was, I just kept picturing that during the work day. I'm like, here's some girl you fucked. (laughs) 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 Just sing us a song. She's taking the tickets at the fucking booth where they're throwing the darts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? I always am. Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy 
known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, everybody listening to Game of Roses can use the code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, I quit bras during the pandemic. I said no more. They're not comfortable. I'm being comfy as a lifestyle. Um, and I couldn't picture a bra that would exist that I would want to wear. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. They don't have underwire. They don't have bulky fabrics. And they are so soft. Basically feels like a second skin, which is the only type of bra I will be wearing in the year, year of our gore 2024. Mm-hmm. I got the crossover bra, the black runway one. It has this cute like mesh that adds peekaboo mesh that adds this very sexy touch. So it's like doesn't look like it's, you know, a comfortable bra, but it is. And I guess I'm a bra person again. It turns out. Well, congrats, Pace Case. I know it's a big step for you right Mm -hmm. now. You can treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash roses. Use that exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash roses. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support Game of Roses and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. Clues, I got to be honest, I didn't know much about wine until we got First Leaf as a sponsor. And this is a wine club. Love to be in a club. They have amazing wines and exclusive perks. This is First Leaf membership. I filled out the quiz. I answered these questions. They sent me the things that were tailor-suited to me, including the Dita Akello 2022 Mm. Shiraz Rosé from Southeastern Australia. Shiraz. Rosé all day, baby. It's one of my favorite types of wine. When you're celebrating, you know, February, the month of love, I love to have it. It'll be even better for springtime. Rosé is the color of spring, I always say. But I'm thankful to First Leaf that I got to try it. With First Leaf, you get to choose when you want your box delivered and how often you get new assortments of wine. You get to be part of that wine club Pace Case was talking about, which is going to give you access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing advice, you want to talk about the wines you're getting in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get that member exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. <laughs> all the people. Yeah. <laughs> it's all rented out, but all the people are people that you fucked. Yeah. Everybody working at the carnival is <laughs> exes, his jilted lovers. 
Okay. So <laughs> that's uh, how he escalates this. So we see all this basically go pulls boils down to Oh, Tanner calls John a, a big sperm. I like that. Yeah. And then I wrote down this note, this poor fucking band having to play the same song twelve times in a row. Mm, yes. They would have gotten my my bystander if we didn't have, you know, Fryer. Uh, they then have double, double denim Ken, Sean, say he's going to get the crowd loud, even though he's a bad singer, and be really attentive to her. And he performs a voluntary nudity play, takes his shirt off, kisses Charity, and are they only giving the Charity interaction to one player at this point? Why aren't they all kissing Charity? Yeah, I think they're giving it only to one player. I think they had to justify why they were going to give him this play for time. And I think... Right. You want to go back to Conspiracy Town? I don't even think this is Conspiracy. He's the one who looks the most like Ken. No, it's not Conspiracy Town. That's it. And this was why this moment was my wow <laughs> moment of the week. This was such a missed opportunity to have a not white Ken. Yeah. But he looks like... I'm sorry. The Kendall. He looks like Ryan Gosling the most of anybody. So? So the marketing department for Barbie was like, he's winning. I don't think the Bachelor producers even chose this. Oh, you think Big Barbie chose it? Yeah. I think for sure Barbie chose it. Oh, my God. 100% for sure. Because they want that shot of Ken and Charity. She even says it. In an ITM, she's like, when you see us out there on the beach making out, that's Ken and Barbie making out. Right. She even says the fucking line. They, the marketing department of Barbie wrote that. 100%. 100. Right. No, you're right. You're fucking right. It was a movie script. Oh, God. Also, they said there can only be one true winner. Hello, a Robro or whoever said that. <laughs> Group date win goes to Sean, the enemy of shirts from this season. And on his one-on-one time, Florida boy. he uh, tells her that he hasn't felt these feelings in a long time. That's a love level one. And then, yeah, charity ITMs. When you see us making out of the pier, we're Barbie and Ken. <laughs> I wish they would have fucking had like a Taco Bell sponsor this ad or something. And they're like, she's like, when you see me and Sean eating bean and cheese burritos on the pier, it's like we're in a Taco Bell. <laughs> when you see Warwick and me scooping those ice creams, it's like we're at Halo Top. Halo Top. Halo Top, come back. <laughs> come back to the franchise Halo Top and give more commercials to other people. Why did Halo Top stop after that? I want to see fucking Braden doing a Halo Top commercial, please. I want to, yeah, the next generation of Bachelor people should be doing these Halo Top commercials. And then you can even have like your great one, like be in the background, like sulking and be like, in my back in my day, when I was a bachelor, I used to do that Halo Top commercial. I'd love that. Let him start directing the Halo Top commercials. That'd be interesting. Then we get this ITM, <laughs> by the way, in in reaction mm-hmm. to essentially Ken winning this uh, play for time. It's Aaron S. I wrote down every word of it. You want to see if we can do it in unison? Yeah. Okay, I'll count us down from three. Ready? Three, okay. two, one. You, if, if you, you want, if you want a pretty, pretty boy, chase go chase after, after Sean. Sean. But, but look, look at, at me. me. 
I'm a real I'm a fucking man. man. He'll take He'll take you shopping, shopping country clubs, clubs, and wine and, and wine and dine. If but if you, you want, want a real, real man, man <laughs> who knows how to camp and fish, hunt, hunt, water, water ski, wake waveboard, wave then hit me up. Hit me up. <laughs> waveboard. A sign of a real man. Waveboard. waveboard. I can't believe we saw him leave before he waveboarded. I was like, this guy is doing everything he can to get screen time. This is a great, colorful narrator play. Right. Absolutely hilarious and sets up a fucking possible rivalry that he hates this other guy and he's gone. I can't believe that this guy, I can't believe they put this in the show and didn't keep him. Right. I I immediately started putting it to song. I was like, same. He'll take you shopping. I'll camp and fish hunt. Heels to country class. I'm on my waveboard. <laughs> it's unreal. It is a song. Maybe it will be made into one. It was Taylor Swift, obviously, is what I was doing. I forget that you don't know Taylor Swift. Sorry. He, she wears short skirts. I wear. Oh, I know that shirts. song. Yeah. Shake it off. You know more than you think. Portion six begins. Shake it off. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck it's you. Sunset. Was, you just punched me in my heart that was so mean <laughs> i don't know oh, that is the only God. title of one of her songs that i know it's okay my apologies look my apologies it just never i don't think i was no it's fine you know in the right time at the right place for taylor swift it's fine. um we have <laughs> portion six begins <laughs> sunset we are at the after party for this group date. Guys walk in, they take their group seats. Dote and ITMs being desperate to dig in and uncover their similarities. There's a rose on the table. Aaron B ITMs that everything is feeling real and it feels like his one-on-one was a long time ago. He's never been tested like this. John tells the guys that today it really felt like they were competing against one another and he dropped some game analysis talking about Sean having a decent chance at the group date rose. And I just wrote disagree. Uh, Aaron S says, let's not worry about that. Let's put our best foot forward. Sean walks in. He's singing. His winning song. They're giving the full edit here for sure. And then Aaron <laughs> ITM's dumbass comes in singing his song, thinking it would lighten the mood. Complete failure. <laughs> Complete failure. Oh. Uh, he then tries to add a little salt in the wound. I was staring at Charity the whole time. I should have looked at the sunset more, just outwardly provoking them. Yeah. And who is this, Aaron S? Sean, you're an only child. Have a slice of humble pie. I mean, he really was trying so hard to make this happen. Yeah, and they just dropped it. This was the one kind of bad thing that I think the producers have done this season. Like, I definitely want to see him and Sean pushed into a two-on-one. On a two-on-one. Definitely yeah. want that. Mm -hmm. um, Charity then comes in, wants to continue to explore the connections. Sean, ITMs want to take the initiative. She, And so he steals her first. The other guys are pissed off. Even before she can do the toast, she she kind of makes mention of that. I know. He cuts off the toast. I noticed that. And uh, we see Sean's one-on-one -on -one time here. They're just making out. And then we cut back to have this weird little sequence of all the guys just sitting around silent. Sean then comes back, and they all jump on him for being rude and stealing their possibilities for having moments with charity. And John ITMs that it was disrespectful, but he's trying to block out the noise. We then get the one-on-one -on -one time with John. Uh, they joke about his birthday suit. He says he played guitar for his church for six years on the worship team, but he can't sing. If he could have done guitar and singing, he wouldn't be single. Ha 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 
And then he says he knows mm-hmm. that uh, she has limited time because she's famous and everybody wants her. I found that interesting. This is a man who might already know he's the bachelor at this point in shooting. You think he would already know? There is something that tells me, yes. There is something that tells me if they already know, he might because they need to coach him very specifically to get the kind of edit they want out of him to position him as a bachelor. If they have a full season to work with a player before they present him as bachelor, I think maybe they tell him. Don't you think maybe they would tell multiple people? Maybe. Maybe. For sure, maybe. But I think um, it feels like he knows to me. Hmm. Interesting. All the things that he's doing are very like safe plays. There's nothing crazy here. He's not getting involved in any of the drama or mess. Like, how is he staying out of that shit? You know, there's like two rivalries bubbling. That, I don't know. I just thought he was a reader. I mean, maybe that too. But I mean, everybody is in one way or another engaged in, in all this fucking shit that's going on. He is just like not a piece of it. Mm. Oh, you're saying he has a tower. Susie Evans style. Metaphorically speaking, I don't think it's a, an actual one, but yes. Um, Charity then uh, ITMs that he makes her comfortable. In my opinion, that's a good on paper or a GOP. Now we've got one-on-one time with Michael. He talks about being a therapist. Charity ITMs loving him, wanting her to be normal. But he's not a therapist. Oh, I thought he was talking about being a therapist. Am I crazy? Isn't he the yacht captain? Shit, I don't know. She... He says he was the shadow of his mom and grandpa in the city that everyone knows who he is. I don't know. Maybe they're therapist or I don't know. Somewhere in this conversation was the word therapist, I think. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote this down strangely, but nonetheless, nothing important really happens here. Uh, we get Tanner. Yeah, we get quick pops of all these date one-on-one times. And we the next key one is Doton. Charity has a surprise for him. She takes him back to Amit Kaza, her room in the hotel, and he says that he feels so special and that she made him feel special at the barbecue, and you give me something I've never had. I've always felt in relationships like the one being learned from. Seeing you interact, you're such a competent person. It's so rare. This makes Charity produce tears. He says, you're my ideal woman. And she says, I don't get told stuff like that a lot. Touched my soul. I can't put into words. This compo play by Doton was almost my play of the game. I thought this scene was Me too. unreal. I agree. And he comes off so forth here. I'm just like, I want him to be the ring winner. And they gave him a stage to do it. So this is good first audience game. This is good fourth audience mm-hmm. game. Ultimately, it's a good second audience game because nobody gets pissed that he got this special date. And it's obviously good first audience game. But he doesn't get this stage without that third audience game. For whatever reason, the producers decide you're the guy who gets this. And he says, thank you very much. Takes his, let's keep the baseball metaphors going. Takes his turn at bat and he does hit a real home run. That's baseball. Uh, Yep. Aaron B is complaining about turtling and blames Sean. Next portion, we see the one-on-one, or no, first we get, Aaron S. says that Warwick might be the most dangerous because he's silent and he's like, might be a killer who chops heads. And (laughs) (laughs) he said he's not showing his true colors until it's time to start chopping heads. I fucking, I was like, this is the best fucking colorful narrator of all time. 
It's so good. And he's the one who said that um, Yosef was yeah, watching this. Exactly. The daughter at home. Oh, fuck. It was funny. But then that leads us into the next 101. The 101B of this episode, it is Warwick. It is night. He's dressed in a tuxedo. Charity picks him up in this limo. She ITMs that she hasn't uh, talked to him a lot, but she's physically attracted to him and she wants to see more. They drive around and cheers to being vulnerable and opening up. They pull up to a private amusement, a private amusement park date. This is at Belmont Park. This is the same place where Colton Underwood took Denver High All-Star Elise Delbaum for a private amusement park date with uh, what turned into an army of children. Mm. Also in the third episode of season 23. Wow. They're just borrowing the best dates from all the seasons, perhaps? Uh, it is possible. I don't know. They took the children out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and probably uh, good they did because Warwick would have fallen asleep on them. They jog in as Charity is ITMing, fulfilling a childhood fantasy. They ride the merry-go-round, bumper cars, carnival games. They do all these kind of carnival things. When she tells Warwick that they're going to be at a private amusement park, and the whole thing for them, he opens his mouth in shock, and it's a little to the side, a little profile, but he performs my... Face play of the game. That's full app. He's obviously not a reader. He his gameplay is atrocious. So he's not even looking to camera, but the aperture on his mouth is full, and I love this face play. Uh yeah. The face play was great. That was unfortunately about the only great thing that Warg did on this date. They um go and they eat some ice cream. He doesn't scoop her ice cream for her. This is an error. She even complains about an ITM. Yes. And we then get some some of these kind of awkward non-conversations. A lot of footage of them just staring at each other without saying anything. You can tell this is going down in flames. And then they have a kind of dinner scene set up. And Work says he his past relationships haven't really worked out for whatever reason. Nothing specific. This is play your PTC here. He's either saying I don't have any or he's saying I don't want to tell you about him. Those are the two options here. <laughs> and she asks him how he shows up in a relationship when he's dating. What's his best attribute? I don't know. N nothing specific. Just being together, I guess. Uh, and for her, she's like, I pride myself on being a good communicator. And he says, that's my biggest weakness. <laughs> Charity ITMs being confused. What is even going on? I agree. And then Warwick tells her, He's reluctant to fucking get into a relationship. What? The failure to scoop, the reluctance towards a relationship. We called this man our next bachelor based on his Instagram. We did, and we uh, made a horrible error. We said he had to look, and he does have it. We made an error. Not only did we make an error, <laughs> Warwick made my... Error, 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 error of the game. Which was it? The entire date. <laughs> the whole date. The whole one-on-one. The error was accepting the date. He should have just self-eliminated. If this is what you're going to do with a one-on-one, <laughs> please leave our beloved game. Please pack your bags and leave our beloved game. This is... I mean, this is a fucking one-on-one -on -one in the goddamn Bachelorette. 
I think this man might have a sleep disorder. No, I don't think he has a sleep disorder. I don't know. I think he was a guy that got into this situation and was kind of like, fuck, I don't know if I actually want to be here, but I am going to get to travel for free if I just kind of keep my mouth shut. I think he was trying to play the most hardcore floater game we've ever seen, and he got <laughs> he got outed on a one-on-one. He got called out yeah, on it. If, you, if you're playing a floater game, you can't not show up on a one-on-one. You can float through all the other shit. You can float through group dates, but if you're on a one-on-one, you got to play. He didn't play, so he fucking took a hike. Yeah, he was really hoping for a bunch of group dates. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Or sometimes, you remember, in some seasons, they have, like, buys where, like, you don't go on any dates. There'll be, like, two, one or two guys in the house who aren't on a group date or a one-on-one. Yeah. That's what he was hoping for. He's like, I hope they bring that back, dude. He's just like, maybe if I stay asleep, they won't see yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she she eliminates him here. And then we get this funny scene of him in the car, basically yawning and falling asleep. And they even have like text on the screen, like a producer's trying to wake him up. Warwick? And he doesn't respond. He's, they put snoring sounds over him. That produce Okay. Maybe I'm too... Uh, every time I say I think I'm too conspiracy town, I'm not. You're, you go there with me, but them showing that producer conversation, do you think a producer was actually trying to talk to him? No. Okay, great. I think they got everything they wanted out of him and decided we're going to use this B-roll of him like falling asleep and we're going to cut it to be like this. Yeah. I think he probably said a lot of stuff on that one-on-one that just like didn't give her much. And so what they chose to cut in instead was silence. Awkward pauses of them literally not saying anything. It definitely felt like that was his full all four audience play was was just the silence. There and there are ways to play nuclear fool games. This is like kind of bordering on what I would call a nuclear fool game, but it wasn't hardcore enough in that direction. Like if he would have been falling asleep like his head in the fucking ice cream cone and shit, you know what I mean? Like falling out <laughs> of his chair, shit like that. Now that's a play. I wanted to see head to cone. Yeah, head to I cone. Wanted to see yeah. sleep on the roller coaster. <laughs> sleep on the roller coaster, just limp body, like fucking flipping around. When she's like, "What the? Are you okay? What's going on?" <laughs> that would be fucking great. Please, somebody, if anybody out there wants to go into the roller coaster date uh, like that, just give me a call. I can coach you on how to make your spine very limber so that. It, it doesn't uh, get injured. All right. Portion eight begins. We're back at the guy's place. Braden talks about a dream he had in which Charity takes his rose and gives it to somebody else after he's already gotten it. Foreshadowing here. I love this play. It was unbelievable. Very interesting to like sort of stir the pot by talking about a bachelor themed dream. Yeah. But also that it literally predicts the situation that arises. It's so... um mm. It's so coincidental. Even on their one-on-one date, he was like, wouldn't it be crazy if we landed in the baseball field? And then they do. Huh. Huh. He might have prior knowledge of what producers are planning to do with the edit. Wait, you think he knows he's getting a villain edit? So he says he had a dream that they take the rose away. (gasps) I think that might have been a scripted line. Or maybe his producer was like, some other producer wants to take your rose away. I don't know. It just seemed very crazy that he had two prescient... Uh, activities or instances in this episode. Nonetheless, he says this and it's like, okay, that's fucking weird. Aaron S. then ITMs that there's a lot of pressure on tonight. Those are manifesting in earrings. Yep, maybe. Uh, Or maybe that's how the producers are communicating to him. He has the 
powerful energies of Harry Styles. Maybe those earrings have little speakers in them, and that's how the producers can tell them what to say. <gasps> I don't know. Things been blowing wide open. <laughs> we see Braden. <laughs> Sam wearing his full outfit yeah. <laughs> for an audio platform. We we see Braden telling the other guys that the thing he's not sure he can do is going to gauge after dating twenty other dudes. This is also an error. This is a terrible second audience game. There's no reason to say this. Like even if you feel it, keep it inside. The other guys all clock this. You can see it. Like they have shots of them being like, huh. You can see them almost like sizing him up. They, they can sense a 4TWR weakness here that maybe a 4TWR attack would be effective. They're all clocking it. Aaron B. ITM's exclusive uh, protocol. We knew what we signed up for. And you can tell he's going to be the one to take the bait here. And so the sun sets. Mm-hmm. It is night. The guys all come to the cocktail party. Aaron ITM's that Braden should be worried. He loads this title. Yeah. He's going to tell her the whole truth. Charity comes in, says they were all great dates, but one of her greatest fears happened. Warwick was here, but he wasn't ready for an engagement. She re-ups the idea that, like, if you ain't ready for an engagement, get the fuck out. And then we get Bachelor's Preference Joey here. Um, He gets the first one-on-one time. She pulls him. And so many highs and lows in this this experience. So he shows her something. Uh, He looks to in the highs and lows, and he pulls out this little packet that has a bunch of pictures and uh, notes, letters and stuff from his grandfather, who he describes as the patriarch of his family. Charity loves it. Uh, she feels like there's something here. She tells him that it's so good with the eye contact and we get a kiss. Uh, this was a great play. Oh, yeah. Anytime you can bring into the game a trinket that symbolizes family bonds or literally anything, a PTC you've overcome, any kind of object that can be shot and included in the edit, do it every time. And they're all bringing it with these with these uh, one-on-one times and these dates. Xavier finally brings out this full knit scarf that he made for her. There were so many things this episode that could have been play of the game. We saw yeah. so much gameplay. I agree. We see one-on-one with Brayden, and they talk about his rose in pocket. It's blooming. Uh <laughs> they talk about their baseball. She says she has hers on the nightstand. And he tells her that he wants to bring her home because they're so close to his home. And she's like, not you planning that already. She loves the words of affirmation. They kiss. They play porno music. Still in the show. I heard it. And he says that he is smitten. He does this happy dance. He then repeats the dance outside for the other guys. I love this gameplay. He is just like, this cocktail party I am is mine. (laughs) I've kidnapped it. Everything is that. He's the most entertaining player by far of the entire player pool. He just harkens back to like those, those people that were fucking electric. Tyler Cameron had a little bit of this in him. Not quite as good, though, I don't think. Corinne Olympios. Corinne Olympios. God, yes, yes. It's Corinne Olympios. He's channeling her a little bit. God damn it. He is channeling her. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm having fun, but it's because of my connection is so strong. I'm, et cetera. And we finally see Aaron B. says it's time to buckle up and be here for TRR. He performs this tattle on Brayden. says, I'm protective of your feelings, but I have this bird's eye view. And it's not to increase my chances, but 
Brayden, blah, blah, blah. And this was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Hmm. You literally just saw the last toddler go home. Adrian, what do you, you think? This going to be different? He he did get the first one on one. And he says something where he in this thing when he does the title where he says, I'm not doing this to increase my chances. I know my chances are strong. He says that to her. He's like, I know we have a strong connection. This isn't about that. This is about protecting you. And I, I agree with you. I never encourage a tattle, but you can get away with them sometimes. I just think he was the alpha. He like he could be smooth sailing to hometown. Yes. Why rock the boat? No, I agree. Bad play. Definitely an error. I didn't think it was as bad as what Warwick did on that one-on-one. That was just like... He could Warwick the rest of the regular season and still make hometowns. <laughs> yeah, he could. No, I agree. It was a, a very bad play, a very unnecessary error. Um, but my error had to go to Warwick. That just fucking blew my mind. Portion 9 begins. <laughs> Some other guys are talking about turtling. Braden says he's not... Uh, he's feeling good. Nothing can get in his head. He ITMs... He's sniffing the rose and feeling good. He's on cloud nine. Back on this one-on-one with Aaron B. He tells her that he's... Robert saying. What's that? Robert sending. Yeah. He's Courtney Robert sending. Absolutely is. Back on that one-on-one with Aaron B. He tells her that he's very unsure of her um, and not ready for an engagement. And he's been very vocal about... This is Aaron B. talking about Braden, sorry. And he says Braden's been very vocal about not wanting to be with someone who's dated 20 of his friends. Charity gets frustrated and... Uh, is is feeling bad that this is being said around the house. And Aaron says he doesn't want to see her waste her time or get her heart broken. He then STCOs her. And um, Charity ITMs that hearing it from someone as trustworthy as Aaron B makes her sick. At the end of the one-on-one time, they hug. No kiss. Charity ITMs being irritated. Aaron then goes out to fucking Braden and just tells him point blank, hey, dude, I tattled on you. What? You, if you're going to tattle, you definitely don't ever own up to it. This is a backup of the error. You never own up to it. Never own up to it before he's had a chance to talk to Charity. Are you kidding me? You're just giving him time to prepare his defense. Exactly. You're giving him all the information. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.
question. But I, I personally don't think if you tattle, I think you just, I don't know who fucking did it. Yeah. Literally till forever. Till forever. Uh, until the fucking episode comes out. And then you're like, yeah, I played you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, all right. So <laughs> Aaron B here says he feels protective. Brayden says, yeah, dude, it's protection for you. Brayden ITMs that this isn't anything. He hasn't told charity yet. He's like, I was being transparent and all this stuff. Dude, what you did wasn't cool. He knows it wasn't cool. I feel like I need to be Will Smith right now and keep my name out of your mouth. That was a clip we played at the top of this episode. All the shit that Aaron S. was doing with his colorful narrator, I was like, that fucking guy's got it. No, Braden's got it. Blew him out of the fucking water. That's the clip. That's the clip. Incredible. Beautifully done. I, it should have been in the season promo in the premiere. It's a hint of violence. But it's joking. It's contemporary. It's exactly the type of line that you should be preparing in the preseason for various situations. Absolutely. It was brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. And it's like, even with his back against the wall, he knows in that ITM he's now facing elimination. And he's still throwing out fucking solid gold. (laughs) That's clutch play. It's beautiful. Um, So we then get Braden going to some of the other guys trying to win over the second audience a little bit. Saying basically what uh, was going on. I think he's talking to Aaron S. and Adrian. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, they're not biting. Nobody's saying a fucking word. Because everybody's like, I don't know how this shit's going to shake up. I'm not hitching my horse to either of these wagons. Charity ITMs at this point. I don't know if Brayden thinks it's a game or a joke. But she has to know what's going to go on. I'll do what has to be done. I will rip that shit off. That one made the promo. Yep. And Charity comes and pulls Braden, and we begin portion 10. Xavier tells Aaron B that he loves him, but the Braden title was some sneaky shit because now everyone else is affected who hasn't had time with her. That's why the title also fucks up your second audience game. Now, everybody who's going to fucking turtle is it's because of you, dude. You chose to do this and you fucked up our whole night. Then we get this um, one on one time here with Braden. He's like, I, by the way, as I'm watching this happen, <clears throat> I basically said there's... Wait, by the way, mini note. Uh, James says roses have been taken off before to Tanner. Yeah. That is an obscure bachelor knowledge to know. Absolutely. It's only happened once, I think. It happened with... um, What's her face? Who they said was sleeping with the producer. Rosalind Papa? Somebody else had one taken away too. No, it's it's happened more than once. Yeah. Under five times though, for sure. Under five for sure. It's extremely rare. Um, yeah. So to know that is, uh, you've definitely done some some work, maybe reading a book or two. Yeah. But um, basically in this, this one-on-one time with Brayden, I, I thought to myself as it was going down, I'm like, he's got one out here, one option, and that is to turn it and make him more 4TR than his accuser by essentially saying, I'm the only real one here to have doubts. All these other guys fucking walk in and they're immediately like, yep, let's get married. And that's exactly what he does. That's exactly what he fucking does. This is a perfect play. I thought he could have taken it one step further. In fact, I think he still could have said after he said, you know, I'm the only one who actually is here for the right reasons. I'm the one taking this seriously. None of these other guys understand the gravity of the situation. Getting engaged is a big fucking deal. You've been through this. Let me ask you, were you ready to be engaged to Zach Shawcross in the second week of this, of your season? There's no way she was. I mean, that 
That was a great. I think like that's what he was trying to say, but he was kind of failing at it. But um, that would have. I mean, that would have been incredible. Yeah. But then we get back to the second audience, um, and Xavier keeps. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and that was my. Play, 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 play of the game. Hmm. I mean, this was a masterclass. The defense. The defense, yeah. It was a basically like a double 4TR defense. You're going to attack me for being 4TWR? No, motherfucker. I'm not going to attack you through the same channel you attacked me. Absolutely fucking incredible. I, I don't think I've seen a play like this before where you're essentially reestablishing like we live in a reality TV show right now where the rules are all oh, the guys have to be here to fucking get married on day one. Well, that's obviously not going to work in the real world. I'm the only one who's looking at this realistically is basically what he's saying. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was brilliant and I wish he would have taken it to the next step. But we get back to the second audience. Xavier keeps coming at Aaron for doing an ill-timed tattle, basically saying like, you fucked all of us. We're not going to get to talk possibly ruining his chance to get time with charity. And it's like this type of stuff I think is like, you haven't read enough of the book because <laughs> Xavier, the producers chose when this all happened. The producers are the ones who, ta who turned you into turtles. It wasn't up to the players. The producers are the ones who end the cocktail parties and say, charity cocktail parties over. They send DLP in and say, she's too emotional for cocktail party. That too. So if you got turtled, let it be known they don't have plans for you in the playoffs. That's that's as simple as it is. If you get turtled in one of these regular season games, have your fucking fun. Do the I love Cleveland's every time you go to a new city. Get as drunk as you can. Party your fucking ass off because you ain't going to be in the playoffs. Work on your IPMs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think at that point, <laughs> if you ever get turtled... You're hoping for sand placement. I mean, honestly, I I feel like... I, I know I'm so paranoid at this point, but I'm just like these ta like to tattle in this era seems so wild to me that I'm just like, have you never seen the show or looked up anything about it that I am like wondering whether the tattling is coming with deals for sand. And I feel like Brayden already has a deal for sand for <laughs> across many episodes yeah, already. For sure. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Since night one. Yeah. Um. At any rate. The one I want to talk with Braden then concludes he's saying that he feels guilt, but she hasn't met his family yet. Uh, yeah, this was all the stuff that I was basically talking about, that this this was my play of the game. I just thought it was so well done. Fuck. And obviously, we saw the outcome. So she doesn't like what um, he has to say here, but it's enough to stay. She doesn't snatch the rose from him at this moment. Their one-on-one -on -one time ends, and then, uh, you know, we see DLP coming in. He enters the cocktail party. He tells him that even though there are some turtles, Charity has received news that will make her decide to end the CP early, but there is going to be a rose ceremony. See you there. And um, we get a funny ITM at the end of this portion where Braden goes, you know, hey, dude, you're trying to fucking take me out. Well, fuck off. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Just left and right. He's throwing this shit out casually. Mm -hmm. It's a little like, uh, Aaron Clancy-ish. It's almost like catchphrase-ish. It's a little like before the alcohol minimums era. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Vibe. I agree. <laughs> I'm just like... It's got a nice loose mm -hmm. play style, but 
We um, <laughs> loose. We get this portion of love is the rose ceremony. There's going to be eight roses on table. We have two already given out to Braden on his one on one and Doton for the group date. Uh, of course, Warwick did not get one. And uh, did you see DLP and Charity during this conversation? Yeah, oh yeah. They just he looked like he's been crying. Oh yeah. There was, I wrote this down. I don't know what it was. If there was like water in the air or what, I don't fucking know. But it looked like he had a tear coming out of his fucking left eye. Screen left eye. I have no idea. It was so bizarre. Yes. And unexplained. Why is DLP crying? I would like to know. I literally would too. He's an empathetic king. He's just going through Charity's emotions. (laughs) Sure. He's just like, damn, Charity, that's tough. And they, they don't want him to look too good. They probably so just renewed his deal for team. three years or something. Guaranteed $2 million. <laughs> Thank you so much. Charity, how's it going? Charity, I'm hosting Old Bachelor. That, yeah, exactly. That probably literally is what it is. You just told me. <laughs> but anyway, we get this rose ceremony. It's Aaron B., Caleb B., Xavier, Joey, Michael, John. Charity then ITMs. My head is saying... Wait. Sorry, it's just a little note, but Charity said this rose means you're in agreement with giving it all. I love that she said this at the beginning of the rose ceremony. Like, start a new contract with each rose ceremony. I would be adding more stipulations each time. I'd be like, and this one, I get three square meals a day on this one. Foot rub. Yeah, it's a smart thing to do because it basically exonerates you from having to eliminate somebody later in game if they seem not ready. Yeah. I told you in week two, that's why I was here for blah, blah, blah. Um, but we go into this rose ceremony. We get first flower goes to Aaron B, Caleb B, Xavier, Joey, Michael, John. Charity has an ITM where she says, my head is saying, send him home of Braden. But my heart is saying, I feel something for this man. Sean and Tanner gets a rose. And then Charity ITM is not knowing if she wants to send Braden home or keep him. Keep him. The real man, Aaron S. Uh, and James then ITMs. Real, the real man Aaron S has a little ITM that James ITMs. The real man. Uh, if she sends Brayden home, maybe I would get to stay. And then DLP comes to talk to her about her decision as it relates to Brayden. And Charity then walks back to the guys. DLP walks out with her and delivers the TAMSIG. That is the take a moment. If you do not receive a rose, take a moment. Say your goodbyes. This TAMSIG has weight that I don't think I've ever seen a TAMSIG have before. The Tamsig saved Brayden. Nor do I remember. <laughs> it was the greatest Tamsig of all time, in my opinion. So far, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think there's been one more powerful. The Tamsig has never carried such power. It's, I mean, it had dark energies, but never sending people home or keeping people. <laughs> and the construction of it all is so beautifully done. There have been many seasons in our beloved game where they don't end an episode at the end of a rose ceremony, where they'll split it shit up into two weeks or cliffhang you in the middle of a rose ceremony. Here, it is woven together so fucking perfectly that the Tamsig is what essentially delivers the final rose. Dark Lord Palmer delivers Braden the rose he already has with the fucking Tamsig. This is strong writing and I absolutely loved it. If you're capable of ending an episode like this, please do so each time. Please don't cut episodes in half. Please do this. This was so fucking beautifully done. I know. I love ending with rose ceremonies. It was like they raised the the narrative weight of the end of a rose ceremony to a new fucking level here that I have never seen. 
It was so fucking good. It was gorgeous. It was so well done. I, I, it really. I'm, I'm never gonna forget this tamsig. I really won't. Neither will I. And that's what I'm saying. Like this season, I know we're still kind of whatever, cautiously optimistic or whatever you want to call it. But like, fuck, this was the best episode by far, in my opinion. And the other two were great. I agree. This was the best episode of the season. Yeah. I loved it. I feel <laughs> feel happy. <laughs> I do too. But we say goodbye to James, Aaron S. The Real Man, Warwick, and Adrian this week. And then uh, mm. Braden ITMs that if she winds up with Aaron B, <laughs> that relationship is doomed to fail. I thought that was funny. And Aaron ITMs having no regrets about his title. And then we get the promo for next week. There's bungee jumpers. There is Child Army, Girl Scouts. There's Wine Stomping, Future Husbands, Hot Tubs, Doting on Top of the World, Cookie Cutter Dudes, and the Braden and Aaron rivalry seems to be stoked a little more. And then we get a tag on the baseball field. Uh, Braden is telling her about weird things he does alone, and they both admit to uh, having conversations basically with themselves, Braden with his dog, Charity with herself. And then Braden admits to uh, drinking full cups of coffee on the toilet, not while using the bathroom. And reading books, it's a place of peace for him. And we see the swinging friar gets some more screen time having reactions to what Braden is talking about. That's a great bystander. I agree. But yeah. Multiple appearances. Uh, absolutely fantastic episode. Wait, he was going to the bathroom, though, I thought. I don't think so. He said he wasn't. He just sits on the toilet like a chair. You think he's sitting on the toilet closed? Maybe. Or maybe open, but not going to the bathroom. He made that very clear, I thought. <laughs> I don't know. I need to follow up. I assumed this was... <laughs> Never mind. So that wraps up our coverage of this episode. It was one of the greatest ones ever. Pace Case, who was your MVP? For his gorgeous, gorgeous play of the game-worthy complos for his gorgeous astronaut soliloquy. Doton was my M M M M V P. I just feel like he had ring winner next bachelor energy during this episode. I was very impressed. Hmm. Interesting. I felt like he had doesn't quite make it to the finals energy. Oh shit. Who do you think the finals are? God. Ugh, I don't know. I want to say Braden. I want to say it's so fucking bad. I want to have that dream. I'm going to, just like Braden was able to dream things that came true, so too will I now. I have a dream that Braden is <laughs> in the finals <laughs> against okay. maybe Aaron B. What? They're going to go on a two on one day and then they're also going to be in the finals? Go on a two on one day. They both stay. And yes. They both get roses. I do love that. That'd be a good season. I think we need more two-on-ones where both stay. I agree. We'll see if it happens this season. But Brayden was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. That's a shock. Never seen anything like what he's doing. Sorry. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Simply put, I've never seen a season of play turned in like this before. He is really, I think, at least in Bachelorette. Bachelor's a different story. You see, 
high, high levels of play across the fucking board in Bachelor. For Bachelorette, you don't see shit like this very often. Somebody who understands the game inside now, yes, he's he's not like a controlled player for sure, but his raw talent is so fucking high. Yeah, I would say his fourth audience game needs work. All of his his first audience game does too, as does his second. His third probably doesn't. His third is probably his best. All of it needs work, but he's do like a player can really only be gauged against the season they play in. And right now, he is dominating this season. There is no one coming close. People tried to take him out of the fucking legit 4TWR attack tonight, and it didn't work. It didn't fucking work. Now, the toddler didn't get blown up, and that can happen if you do a bad tattle. But I also think Aaron B is a good player. And he knows how to also navigate that. He got the first fucking flower tonight. Yeah. I I think Aaron B is going to last through hometowns despite this error. I do too. Um, look, I hope for you that your dream comes true with Brayden. I God, me too. would love to see what he does during a hometown or a fantasy sweet week. But I just think it's a, his play style, I think, is a little too chaotic. I think he's... He's got too many enemies already. Yeah. I think John will make it to playoffs for sure. They need to have that happen. Oh, yeah, John. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. And maybe Xavier. For this recap. Um, like Pace Case and I said, this is our favorite episode so far. Really fucking just enjoying the living shit out of the season. It feels so oh, good again. So good. I, I really am like, it was flies. I'm starting to feel like that was the thing. That was what was holding the show back. He obviously didn't see the potential in Charity. Yes, exactly. And she's fucking amazing. She's one of the fucking best bachelorettes in recent history. I agree. She's so fucking good. Anyway. Um, I agree. She's always on. It's a hard job. Her face plays great. I mean, just everything. I do think some of her acting, the straight acting, needs some work. But it's, yeah. Indeed. Nonetheless, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, We'll be back with a Twibbon this Friday. We will also be back with grafting. Big news. Katie Thurston related. Yeah, we'll be covering obviously Katie Thurston as one of the three leads on the upcoming season of F-Boy Island. I don't believe that's ever been done in history. An ex-Bachelor lead becoming the lead of another dating format. Uh, so we'll be talking about that, but we also will have grafting with Grace Ann all this week. Not a lead. The 11th place person on Brad Womack's season <laughs> becoming the lead of Oh God. Flavor of Love. Talk about Christy Katzman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't actually, she, I don't remember exactly what place she was in. <laughs> yeah, but she was not a lead. Nonetheless, uh, we'll be back with all this stuff this week. We hope you'll tune in to all of it. And Courtney Robertson is also going to have a new show out on Wednesday. So look for that in her feed after reality. But before we go, as always... And our digging deeper from this week was... You can't miss it. No, you you certainly can't. So much tea. Literal producers from The Bachelor went on a podcast and talked about how they manipulated people. Fascinating stuff. But before we go... Even the stuff in the appetizers were shocking. True. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,777 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. 
Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then